I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of Conversations on Dance is generously supported by Yumiko. Yumiko just launched their brand new Multicolor Plus collection. Now there truly are unlimited ways to customize your leotards to express your unique style. The plus in the new Multicolor Plus collection is the additional and multiple fabrics and colors used for every individual strap, trimming, and panel of the leotards in this collection. Pieces feature intricate designs that can include two different colors within the same panel, alternating velvet and nylon trims on different sides of the body, as well as multiple fabrics and colors on straps and necklines. Check out all the ways that you can customize the new Multicolor Plus collection now by clicking over to yumiko.com or visiting their New York City flagship boutique. Before we get started today, we want to announce that we have just launched a Conversations on Dance Facebook group. Join now by searching Conversations on Dance Friends of the Pod to connect with other listeners, post your thoughts about episodes, ask us questions, request guests, and much more. Join today and become a friend of the pod. I'm Rebecca King Ferraro. And I'm Michael Breeden, and you're listening to Conversations on Dance. This week, through the magic of Skype, I talk with Michael and friend of the pod, Zoe Zion, who were in Hong Kong setting Justin Peck's Year of the Rabbit for Hong Kong Ballet. Michael and I danced with Zoe at Miami City Ballet for the majority of her 13 years with the company. Listen to our full episode with Zoe about her career and training in episode 58. Today, Michael and Zoe talk with me about their first international experience as repetitors, what their process has been like, dealing with jet lag, and they break down some of their favorite experiences that they have had in Hong Kong so far. Michael and Zoe, we are talking to each other from halfway around the world. I can't believe it. We are. We're 12 hours apart now. So it took us a whole hour to figure out how to record this because we were having technical problems. But I'm having my wine and you guys are having coffee because it's 10 p.m. here, 10 a.m. there. 
That's I correct. I chose a latte today. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was hearing. <laughs> I was hearing that the coffee is not what you guys want. Is that right? It can be very, very bitter and unpleasant. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel that way in other countries as well. I'm, I'm, I'm picky about coffee. I think it's less common to just drink drip coffee. Yeah, they don't have drip coffee in other worlds. Exactly. So it's like too strong. Or Well, we'll talk more about your cultural experiences. They, you guys they hate there. drip coffee in Europe too. They, they hate drip coffee there. That's why so. they call it the Americano. And you're like, why would you just oh, put water in my coffee? Yeah, exactly. It's not an. It's not. That's not coffee. That's is this, water is this, espresso. Is this what you were looking to talk about? Mainly, this is the coffee. I, I mean, I'm I'm interested in all of the cultural things, and I have a um, Hong Kong lightning round for you guys prepared later that will include most of your cultural experiences. But first, we'll talk about your ballet cultural experiences. So, tell all of us what you guys are doing over there in Hong Kong. We're staging "You're the Rabbit" together, mm-hmm. which is a ballet. We danced with Miami City Ballet in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin Peck Justin Peck's first ballet he did for New York City Ballet main stage. Um, and it's what kind of catapulted him to fame. Mm-hmm. So here we are bringing it to another country. I think there's a lot of fun things. I mean, obviously, we all have a love for that ballet. It's so fun and great and the music is incredible. The costumes are incredible. And he, have so, he has so many great moments in that ballet. But one thing that stands out to me is when we learned it, it was one of our first experiences having a female and a male repetitor working together. And you guys are doing kind of the same thing there. So how has that been, the two of you working together in that way? I think it's cool because it's, uh, yeah, I, I, that, Janie and Craig doing that for us was the first time that we'd ever oh, had yeah. that? Oh, you guys had Bart and Maria, yeah, but I have, never... Yeah, we had Bart and Maria, but yeah, it was the first time. I think that it, it works really well for this ballet because there's so many intricacies with the corda ballet, like weaving in and out and in so many formations that are complicated. Um, so it's helpful to be able to break that apart and look at multiple things at once. And mm-hmm. then also just the fact that <clears throat> there's multiple potatoes in the piece and we can show it. show it together. And that's uh, visuals are always important, especially if the style is new to people. And mm-hmm. that's been really great. When Jamie and Craig worked with us on it, they I remember them kind of being like girls in the front of the room, men in the back of the room and working, you know, kind of like for one section and they would, the women would learn their part and the men would learn their part and then everybody would come back together. Are you guys following kind of like a similar model when you're doing that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We, we had to divide and conquer that way. Otherwise it would have taken us like a month to stage the ballet instead of getting it out and Taught then being it. able to work on it. Yeah. So we set the whole thing in, um, seven days, which I thought was pretty fast. Yeah, that's incredible. Answers fast. So How many hours a day did you have? It depended oh. on, it was oh. like four, four or five. Four or five. And, yeah. but it was also, we're here sharing time with our dear friend now. We've made a <laughs> our dear new friend. friend. <laughs> Antoine Bergen. <laughs> <laughs> No, okay. So we're gonna. Well, we can put Antoine's name somewhere. Um, we actually, Antoine should definitely be a future podcast guest. He is Wayne McGregor's repetitor, uh-huh. right hand man, um, and he's here staging Chroma, which is um, the ballet that put Wayne on the map. So it's right. kind of fun to have Justin and Wayne are both so um, such 
important figures in the dance world. Uh, so to have both of their like seminal works on the program is pretty cool. I think for the dancers too, it's it's kind of it, they're both new um, styles for the dancers, and mm-hmm. I think they're very excited about kind of conquering that. Mm-hmm. But we've had to split time, understandably, with Antoine as well, because it's not like the dancers are just putting together something they know. It's like both pieces require like an immersive right. sort of. We also tried to kind of hustle with the teaching process because we knew our time limits and we wanted to make sure that we had more time to talk about the way things were supposed to look um, just because we knew it would be new for these dancers. Right. So I want to get into all of that, but I think maybe it would be best just to start. I feel like we're fast forwarding. I want to hear just about the beginning when you guys got there. So you've both set Justin Peck Ballets in different places. This is not your first time, but this is your first international experience for both of you. So what was it like day one getting there, getting into the studio with a whole new culture around you, a whole different group of dancers. What was that like for you guys? Um, well, besides the fact that we were ridiculously jet lagged. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. By the end of the day, we were um, yeah, completely loopy. loopy. Well, it was um, funny. I thought we had like, uh, well, because we, we had a strategy. Not Well, I don't know. We, we, we took melatonin. <laughs> That's a strategy. <laughs> other things um, <laughs> to help aid the sleep process. And I slept nine straight hours the first yeah, night. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and I didn't true. understand, what's it called? Your circadian rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I mean, I, called I, it something else. I, under, I knew about it. But I was just like, <laughs> I was in denial. I was like, I slept nine hours. Guess I'm fine forever. <laughs> but it's just, that's not how jet lag works. So uh-huh. like around 2 p.m., our bodies were just like, shut down. Wow. But you know, I feel like I wasn't so, you know, dance is so universal. The second we walked into the studio, you know, it's a ballet company. And it's just completely familiar. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you know, there's differences that we'll talk about later. But um, just felt like, okay, we're there. We need to solidify casting and we need just Mm -hmm. to get going. And I think maybe it's because, well, Septim Weber is the director. Septim is, uh, you know, he directed the Washington Ballet for 17 years. He's... Well, was he, he was born in Cuba, but he, I I'm mean, not certain. I think he, maybe he was born in Cuba, but he's Cuban. But regardless, he is about as American in, you know, his temperament and right. personality as you can, can be. So it's not like um, another baby repetitor friend of ours that we've actually met here, Charlie Anderson, was telling us about his seven weeks in, um, was it Moscow or St. Petersburg? Um, in Russia, Sorry, I'm not but, being helpful at all. <laughs> but I, that's probably more of the kind of place where you're getting like a deep, um, yeah, cultural immersion. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Hong Kong ballet, like coming in, it was just like Zoe said, like coming into a company anywhere that you would feel normal and comfortable in. It's still ballet. Right. It's not like in Russia where you have to like communicate to the coaches or there's like, they te- they give rehearsals in Russian. The rehearsals yeah. here are in English. So. And, and I, 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 in all honesty, yeah, I had no idea coming into it how, you know, would we be having a translate? Like, how many people mm. spoke English? Or, you know, and, and, well, in Hong Kong, you know, a, a lot of people speak English. I mean, yeah. I'll get into that. But it, it, it was, yeah, it, there was, I was actually surprised at um, all the dancers understand us mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great. Are you there? Are there moments where you're like, 
do they know? I would imagine the first day you're kind of like, I'm speaking. Do you know what I'm saying? Kind of, right? Well, to get into that, because also the one thing that is different culturally is the dancers. uh, I mean, dancers are already are reticent to, you know, have a voice or yeah but then here they they i think they think it's maybe impolite to a ask questions or b like have a strong reaction Reaction. it's more just like do as you're told and and um you know do your job so we couldn't tell yeah i kept assuming it was because they didn't understand english and then when eventually they respond in english i'd be like oh (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm I'm overcompensating here a little yeah. bit. That's so funny. Wow. So what was that? So you came in the first day. What was the casting process? Like you said, solidifying casting. Did you guys kind of have an idea going in? And was Justin involved in that process or all, at all? Or did he let you guys kind of take the reins on that? Justin is very open to letting us, um, you know, have our, you have our say with it. Seb team offered some guidance that was important um, because we had to, you know, we had to get the ballet up very quickly with limited time. And you, we didn't have the luxury of like, you know, playing around like, let's try these people and these roles and then see what fits and then blah, blah, blah. So we, ha- we came and watched class and then we had a little mini audition with some people that we kind of just wanted people that we were. Um, thinking could be in principal roles, but we needed to be certain of which ones they like might place them yeah. and see what works. So we did, it was kind of the same thing I did. we did in Arizona, or Patricia and I did in Arizona, where it's like you pick out the parts that are most specific that need, that you can tell straight away. Like we did, Zoe did the ox girl, which obviously is like a strong, tough. Um, Just needs a lot of, strength, big jump, and, you know, quick speed and athleticism. Mm-hmm. So we thought maybe that would be stylistically something that would be the not the biggest stretch, but just the most distinct to right. pick out. Yeah, the time is limited. I mean, you go and you watch one ballet class. It's so hard to know. Yeah, and, and we're empathetic to that. I mean, mm-hmm. we were in a company not that long ago. It's also, we haven't done it that much. You just have to kind of get a vibe, and it's quick, you know. Yeah. You, know, you have more time to kind mm-hmm. of assess the situation, but... It worked out. Yeah, we're happy with the way yeah. it ended up. So was Septim yeah. able to help you kind of like, you were like, you know, this role needs, like you're saying, athleticism, jump, et cetera, and all these different roles. Do you have ideas for us, people we should look at? Did he help guide you in that way? He did help in that way. But he, at the same time, was very open-minded to what we wanted and um, was very supportive, and for instance, when we wanted to use some people that right. who had never done principal roles and was excited about it. Um, so I likes the idea of that moment of like having fresh eyes come in and say, what about this person? And, and having his mind opened up to things outside of what yeah. he might think. Yeah, that was nice to experience. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So how have you guys, so how, how did the process go time-wise? So you got there, so this is already, this is your the start of your fourth week, is that correct? And you said you guys are going into the theater this week? Yeah, yes. so tomorrow's the last studio day, which is mm-hmm. crazy. Wow. Kind of blue. It's so nuts. It's like when I, Wait, yeah. when I used to torment Zoe when we were in deep <laughs> jet lag. Um, <laughs> The first week, I just say, Zoe, only 24 I, more days. And I'd be like, I, he just goes, Zoe, and I'd be like, 
stop. (laughs) But, and then all of a sudden, I mean, that's the same in anything when something like the first week went by slowly, but not Mm -hmm. in a bad way. And then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. it just kind of whizzed by. I mean, we're Mm -hmm. both leaving at the end of this week. Um, uh, but yeah, we go into the, the theater on Wednesday, tomorrow's our last studio day. And then we get a decent amount of stage rehearsals, which Mm -hmm. is nice. Um, like two each day from yeah. Wednesday till opening. So that'll be good to get them on stage and get comfortable with it. So you took the seven days to set the ballet, so to teach the dancers all of the steps, and then you started to coach them and work with them in this different style that maybe they're not familiar with. So mm-hmm. how many casts do you have going, first of all? And then what was that coaching process like with them? I think you guys said that you wanted to talk maybe more about how receptive they were to it and if they were, you know, interested in learning this kind of new style, something different. Uh, we, well, unfortunately, it's only four shows. So we capped it at two casts, but we definitely had, we had other casts that we were excited about and got the opportunity to work with. And hopefully, eventually, the ballet may come back and they yeah. get to do it. Um so, yeah, we've been focusing with our two groups of principals, which, as we said, does feature a fair amount of um, people who haven't. haven't had that experience. Um, yeah. So so it's been really, I think there's a level of excitement there. But, but then you have the, like, established principals who it's exciting, too, to just see the way that they morph into a new style and are just so professional and intelligent. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been really enjoyable uh, across the board. Zoe has had to um, sort of dive deep into um, getting the differences of the technique, especially with point work across to the women. Uh, and, you know, it's just, it's funny and or, I mean, not funny, but just, um, it's always a moment of amusement to see like heads explode when you explain something <laughs> that they've just never heard and they can't fathom that a lot of it is has, an option. Yeah. A lot of it has to do with speed. I think not thinking sometimes the faces of <laughs> there's no way I'm going to be able to move that quickly in right. that step. And then discovering that they can with just like the adjustment of where they put the emphasis mm. um, specifically, I think with, point work in terms of I don't know if I'm jumping ahead here but like uh like classical ballet which they're primarily used to I think they haven't had much uh, balance sheet repertory here yet I they're doing they will be doing, doing jewels, jewels next, next season um but uh, you know just um focusing less on like balancing on point and like the trans the speed and precision of transitioning from mm-hmm. one step to another and how that can if you do, if you put importance into that, like how that can keep you on the music or almost, you know, what was funny is sometimes I'd be so scared of how quick something is. And then I'd go, there was a whole week where actually a lot of the female dancers were going ahead of the music all of a sudden. And I was like, see, now you're, you think it's faster than it is because you're getting used and actually now you have to slow down and, and use like, your use your, yeah, use your plie <laughs> and like the quality of, of the transitions and stuff so that's been interesting I think for them to to discover because it does it definitely for a lot of them it's fairly new Mm -hmm. I think so so was there a specific like aha moment that one of the women had with you in one of those moments like kind of working faster yeah yeah I feel like there's that's what's been I think 
the most fun part about this is there's been a lot of those aha moments, I think, Mm -hmm. um, with a lot of them. I just, you know, it's just a matter of not having discovered it yet just because the work didn't call for it. That doesn't mean the work didn't call for something else that's very important Mm -hmm. too, you know, for their careers. But it's, it's, um, I think it's actually been very sweet to see them discover what they're capable of in that, in that department. Um, yeah, absolutely. Right. To see them achieve something that like previously they thought would have been so out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. And a lot of times too, just like classically trained dancers like that, if they haven't had a lot of Valentine repertoire, it's like things they haven't, have never really seen before. You know, so it's like mm-hmm. they just tell themselves, like, I can't do that. That's crazy. And then once they start trying it and, like, working and hearing the corrections, suddenly it's like, oh. And just and just being given the tools to execute it and starting just even from the way you work. And uh, we've had the opportunity to teach. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, just like, to teach class? Yeah, we both teach once a week. <gasps> you guys have fun. <laughs> it is fun. Yeah, yeah. It's really fun. It, it turns into little like seminars, but I, I think it's fun to see when we do teach, then the ballet looks better that day, you know, that I they that. absorb and then they bring it in for the rehearsals. That's so cool. How many dancers are in the company? I know that's kind of like veering off, but it's 50. It's okay. MCB. MCB size. That's so fun that you guys are teaching class. Oh, I'm jealous of them. And, and it's, it works because, you know, again, it's, it starts at the big, you know, beginning of the day, preparing yourself for what you need to do. And like the, what we're trying, we're trying to use that time to, you know, help them work towards the choreography where, you know, another class is, you know, maybe good for another ballet they're doing. Right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, that's been helpful, especially with like the point work and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, it yeah. just gives them I mean, a deeper insight into what you guys are talking about when you're coaching them, you know, gives them a little extra time. We also, Seb team started the push for this, but we try to encourage them to wear point shoes. The ladies don't wear point shoes for for center often. Oh. Yeah. Some do and some don't, but it's just, uh, you know, that's another example of how they work differently. Yeah. And for for the ballet, um, especially with the speed that You're the Rabbit requires, um, it's just helpful to make that shoe a part of your body from the beginning of the day. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I'm just picturing Zoe. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> Zoe wears a point shoe. So I remember when we would do like a modern piece, Zoe would be like, does anyone have flat shoes? I have to go upstairs and get them because Zoe doesn't own flat shoes. <laughs> always in a point shoe. In a great way. I'm totally like, in a way I super admire. I was like, I always be like, oh, I just wish. I was always doing that. But Zoe, that made me think, how are you setting this ballet? Are you in point shoes or flat shoes? She strapped them back on. Okay. Well, here's the thing. I, yes. yes. So, yes. In my dance career as a ballet dancer, I always wore point shoes. It's also just the way I, you know, like I trained and it yeah, just like don't stop you. if you're into it. You know, if you're in right. shape for but it, don't my, stop. You know, yeah. And then I left the company and like gig stuff I've done on, I've even, I've even worked in socks. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and now I, you know, mainly I'll just take class in my Leduca, like high heel theater <laughs> for whatever I'm doing in New York for fun, but no, I'm just kidding. But basically I hadn't been in, I, I hadn't been in 
class in a lot like in ballet class mode. mode and so I did I I just put them back on um mainly because what happens is I realize well that's not I mean okay I've taught a lot of the ballet not in them but uh, there was a few days where I was actually having a hard time explaining certain things mm. and that's and little, like little things little transitional steps where I'd say that's on point and then they wouldn't go to point and I questioned myself because I couldn't feel it in my body mm. yeah. I was like is it and so I was like, I have to put my point shoes on. And then I would have to do it. And then I'd know. And I think it's, you know, that's especially for something like this where they haven't seen it um, or felt it. I think it's helped. If I can still do it, I'll do it for them because it um, it's it's important to have visuals, I think, when you haven't seen it or you haven't felt it. Um, so that's yes, I have been putting them on or I, I wore them mm. when I taught class. Um, yeah. And I'll wear them sometimes yeah. for rehearsals, but, but many days not. <laughs> it's just a, yeah. Not to veer off too far, but I was teaching class recently, and I was just the other day, and I was teaching them the Turning Girl, a little variation from Symphony in Three Movements, you know, that double pirouette, pas de bourree, so forth. Yeah. And I was, I mean, I haven't worn point shoes in like, I don't know, three years almost. And the girls were like, is that pas de bourree on point? And I was like, ugh. I think I think so. I don't know. I was like watching them do it, but it's so true. When it's so far away from you, it's hard yeah. to know. But it's on point, right, Zoe? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, again, I'm with you. Like sitting here, I'm not 100 confident. I okay. have to get up. You you do it tomorrow in your point boots, and you text me, and you let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. I don't know. Anyway, but I totally know what you mean. It's like. If it's not something that feels very recent in your body, it's so hard to know. You second-guess yourself. Yeah. Um, tell me, you guys, what's more fun, setting the ballet or coaching? Oh, coaching. coaching. Do you guys get, like, do you feel, like, panicked the whole time you're, like, teaching the steps, and then by the time it's done, it's like, ugh, we get to enjoy and just coach now? It just depends. I think, I mean... Um, of course, like teaching solo steps is just inherently simpler and um, less panic inducing. But then there are parts of Justice Valleys are can be very, um, you know, complicated, dense. And that's part of what makes them so interesting and part, part of what makes people drawn to them. But if you don't get all those moving parts out in an efficient um specific way then the whole thing it's like you know this it isn't gonna rise it's like it's, two, just, it's it's too it feels like two very different parts yeah. of the process you know you have to make sure you're teaching the steps right and that everyone knows it and then it's like okay now let's let's work on the way yeah, things yeah. look and that's yeah it's just different. yeah it is definitely like there are different responsibilities it's easier it's easier to make someone look good than it is to keep stored in your head like the 17 moving parts that need to be um, laid out perfectly. Or like I said, like the ballet will like fall apart. So that's like there's more pressure on that end. Mm -hmm. So but yeah, and once you're done with that, it's like it's just a relief. But then there's like, I don't know. I always it's a I always feel a little sad about that too because that's a different part of the process and then it's over. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. it's so I wonder because I know we've all experienced like different repetitors and different styles. Like everyone has a different style, of course, and I can tell based on what you guys are saying that maybe your strategy was like 
get the steps in their body. Don't worry about the way they're executing them in terms of style. And we'll talk about that later. Was it hard? Was was that your strategy, first of all? And if it yeah. was, was yeah. that hard almost to kind of be like, ooh, ooh, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. I think this time we, I, that's a valid question. And I, I think there was, there were some moments where I'd see something and start to kind of try to work on it. And then we go, okay, let's, let's move on. Yeah. Just because we really wanted, we had discussed um, trying to get it done so that we had time for that um we did a little a little like we in and out yeah we wouldn't it. just like let it be incorrect yeah, yeah. but you wanted to have like the, the, the bones of it there more so than um the meat but it's funny because antoine v <laughs> whose last name I, I don't know how to pronounce um here for wayne he does not work that way he really um he gives himself like a full three and a half weeks to finish the ballet, but is meticulously crafting like each moment to make sure that um, the dancers understand what it's supposed to be stylistically. I think it depends on the ballet, the ballet itself too. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's maybe stylistically with Chroma, you Mm -hmm. just really wants to make sure everything is right. But I just think you're the rabbit again that's why we're both here has so many uh, moving parts in terms of shapes and like be people being on different sides of the stage doing mm-hmm. different sequences that are structural um and yeah. not so the way that they're like right, moving. Right. Um, and, and like that structure was what part of what made the ballet so acclaimed yeah, yeah. so if you can't if you if that's gone, gone it won't even matter if like wow you're doing really fierce peck movement quality that's true. <laughs> like if you can't see the back yeah because the quarter ballet makes all these kind of geometric shapes mm-hmm. that are I remember when I first saw you're the rabbit that was the first thing that I noticed right um that was so massive so yeah it's incredible yeah. is that hard for you guys so I I mean so we've we've all danced this ballet like you've said or or for me just in rehearsal because of injuries but um but I remember thinking like when Janie and Craig were sending it for us like how are they keeping track of all these dancers in the core how what was your process like preparing for this even though you were familiar with the ballet there's a lot of parts obviously in it that you haven't danced how did you prepare for all those geometric shapes of the court of ballet for example well we did some studio rehearsals together <laughs> zoe and i did um but yeah i don't know you just kind of make a map in your head of how it works the, the fact that we d- divided the ballet it's funny you said that because i re- remember um that same thought like I remember on the first day being like like when Janie and Craig they didn't even look at their papers for the, the freak out which is a section where all 12 core members do something different yes but then it's like but then realistically it's like okay it's like we six each have to remember in. six different things it's not that hard I also I had staged this ballet one time before with the Houston ballet and I have to say that <laughs> there's a big difference between doing it the first, the and, first second. and second time. Cause there were definitely things that I, I felt I didn't have to look at, use my notes for this okay. time that I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. but the first time I definitely, what are you laughing I'm at? I'm laughing at a moment where I was going to, I was like, Zoe, no, <laughs> I was kind of fake panicking at a moment when Zoe was clearly able to like build on the last, time she had done it where she was okay and now I know like all these formations on the top of my head and I was like you're gonna make me look bad uh, <laughs> like, I, know, 
but as a joke. But um, I was just saying, I, I was, it's it's great to refer to your notes like in the room. But I was just noticing that there is a difference after you've done it one time that it's kind of there. Are, there are some things I was like, oh, I know that I can just tell them where to go. I don't have to look at my notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Which was not always, but it was nice. Yeah, because I get, you know, it's like you do your preparation, of course, which is extensive, but then you're also staring at the ballet for a month straight. So you keep learning more and more and more every time. Right, exactly. Yeah, so next time you said it, Mikey, you're going to feel just like Zoe felt this time. <laughs> so, we're thinking, yeah. <laughs> we're thinking, we're taking, we're thinking of requests for, for where to go. So next time when we're mm-hmm. in Brazil. Okay, yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, Brazil, yeah. Yeah, we want, because Hong Kong is a really special place to be. So that was a whole other element right. for us. That's in my Hong Kong lightning round. Don't ruin it. I'm going to get there. (laughs) Okay, but just my last question about your ballet experience there. Has there been, for both of you, maybe one moment, and I know that you guys are just getting into the theater this week, so there might be some really special moments that happen this week, but is there one moment in particular that will always stand out to you as, like, something really special from this trip and from this experience? Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) There's a dancer who is getting a first opportunity and it was just like really special to see her first run of it where like, you know, she's taking her like baby steps towards owning who she is as a dancer and an artist and just like feel the whole room supporting her and feel her confidence grow. It's just like a moment that I think any dancer can like look back on and feel like they remember a time where they were taking ownership of their, you know, their hard work. So like seeing that happen for someone was really special. So nice. Yeah. That was nice. I can't, I'm just thinking, I can't think of like one, but I I do feel like there's been a nice, it's been nice to see, yeah, like self-discovery and there's, there's been a few, few dancers, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, some of the younger dancers that have really, um, I feel like developing through this process, which is, yeah, I agree with you there and maybe some stage moments to come. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, we'll catch up on those when they when they come. All right. I want to talk about the city. I want to know what you guys have been up to. So I have a few little questions prepared for you. So tell me about the favorite bar that you have experienced since you've been in Hong Kong. Yes. So the, one of the, the best bars in the world is in Hong Kong. It's called The Old Man. And... It regularly ranks on, you know, top 10 lists. Uh, and while we were here, it actually got some sort of award. But They, it's, cel- they were celebrating the first time that we went. Yeah, they gave, they gave us, us free champagne. champagne. <laughs> uh, what makes it the best bar in the world? It's, it's a craft cocktail bar. I mean, it's it's cute inside. It's, this, you know, it's a hidden bar. It's it just like the sign is a symbol. And you have to walk downstairs. In, and an, alleyway. in an alley. Yeah. Okay, speakeasy. But, yeah, the inside that type of, it, of thing. Yeah, inside <laughs> of it's not like super special or anything, but the drinks are just really crazy. Like they the the way that they're so complex, but then they have to be perfectly balanced. There's one drink that we say is like a three-course meal. It's their version of a bloody mary and 
It's like the Willy Wonka gum that yes. takes on different um, things. Like, yeah. when you're eating yeah. it. What's her name? Um, Ivanka. No. Ivanka <laughs> <laughs> no. got... Salt? I guess this Veruca Salt. <laughs> yeah. It's like that. Um, but yeah, drinks are amazing. You would love it. I mean. Oh, my God. You we'll bring you one okay. minute to go, cop. All right, sounds good. All right, what about your favorite restaurant that you've discovered? Mm, the bun place. Yeah. It, they, what what yeah, was it called? It's, it's cheap. It's like street buns. Ooh. But I don't know. I don't know the name of it. Also, not very Michael's good at pronouncing names. No, Michael's pretty good at pronunciation. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> Have you been yeah. using your translator or your no, app, you whatever you use do. to learn Spanish? Have you been doing that? Nope. It's so... We didn't even know how to say hello here for a while. It's because... You, yeah, go ahead. It, I mean, it's one of the most international... I mean, it, it it sells itself as, like, there are, like, big signs to say, like, Asia's global city, Asia's international whatever. Oh, wow. Um, so, and, you know, it was an English colony forever. So everything's so, in English. Like, there's captions. Everything is also in English. Mm-hmm. Like, all the street signs street and signs? everything. Oh, that's... For, thank goodness. <laughs> right. A lot of them are called... English, English names, names. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But oh, on wow. top of that, the main language is Cantonese, yeah. which is a different dialect the from Mandarin. what plenty of mainland China people, Chinese people speak, which is Mandarin. So they have to it's already, with each other. yeah, it's already, it's kind of like going to Barcelona and like, if you can't speak Catalan, like you're not going to be in trouble. Gotcha. That's interesting. So, yeah. All right, so what is the best, like, weird thing that you've eaten or something, like, different that you've maybe never had before? Duck? Had you have? It's not weird. Oh, we had Peking duck. It's not, yeah. We had not different. weird, but I mean, like, exotic maybe. I don't know. Different. I mean, Peking duck is, like, a Chinese specialty that we just had, it had was, never had, but it We delicious. hadn't had it, and it was really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were at, Our ballet mistress took us. Yeah. Oh, my um, God, that's so nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's great. It's actually in a, in a, it's a small world moment she used to teach at miami city valley school what yeah wait where is she from she's from china, china. she danced um with pittsburgh ballet theater with pa- patricia wilde as director and then was in montreal but um yeah so it's it's fun because she has like her um you know she has a knowledge of the balancing yeah. and like american stylings but then obviously you know, yeah, she's been tremendously helpful with the dancers, kind of mm-hmm. um, like supportive and. Mm-hmm. Um, but she took us. It was like Shanghai style, wasn't it? I, the restaurant. Yeah. yeah. She took us to an amazing Chinese restaurant, and we had that Peking duck. Yeah, that was really good. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so, for those of you who know Michael personally, you will understand that this question is very normal for him. Have you guys gone to a karaoke bar, and what did Michael sing? We, we haven't. haven't. We what? Haven't. No, I know. It's it's kind of rude of us. <laughs> Wait, right? I thought for sure I'd seen something on an Instagram story. So I thought that was a shoe in question. Mm-mm. Um, what? He was probably just singing. I'm sure he was just singing street. on his own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there is like outdoor karaoke here somewhere. Yeah, we, we didn't, we see, didn't it, see it though. Yeah, I yeah, I'm disappointed. I haven't honestly like I haven't. If we had walked by a karaoke bar, I feel like yeah. I, I, we would have been obligated to go in, but I haven't obligated. seen it as much. Okay, well, you guys get on maybe, that. You still have some a few days. Maybe in, in Japan. Well, it'll be. <laughs> there you so, go. So, Justin, take me to Japan. 
<laughs> what is the most interesting place that you have visited while you're there? Maybe like a tourist attraction or a site mm-hmm. we want to see. The 10,000 Buddhas? Oh, 10,000 Buddhas was fun. It's like, um, I mean, it's what it sounds like. There are 10,000 10, 10, 10, Buddhas. <laughs> 10, different Buddha statues that you go, kind go of up a hill. Up. You, you kind of hike up this path and they're ends, all different from each other. Mm-hmm. Ends in a temple. And the man who created the temple, his body is there, like in in, tombed in, um, yeah. in what silver or gold it's or something. Gold. Yeah. yeah, but the like the legend of it is that he his body didn't d- d- decompose. It was just like so they just in, he's in gold now. Nice. <laughs> For explanation. In, ca- in a case. Yeah. Wow, that sounds really. Yeah. Not. Um. But yeah. w- w- I th- well the place that we enjoy the most, which is like. Maybe like maybe Hong Kong locals would be like, you're just living in a tourist trap. But we go to this area called Central that just feels really magical and like a a really interesting cross section of like the English influence and of course China and then I keep saying Harry uh, Potter and, and so he throws on Harry Potter. It just feels like you feel like you've stepped into a different world that. You know, it's very a cinematic moment. That's so cool. So my last question is, is there one moment that you've had that, like, you feel like the most culture shock or the most, like, fish-out-of-water moment while you've been there? It really hasn't. Um, it seems, like, very international and, like, yeah. fine. We weren't used to, like, our hotel um, has a, a buffet. <laughs> and... <laughs> And um, like the, some of the first nights here, when we were jet lagged or like our stomachs weren't happy, like it did feel like the smells were foreign in a way that was not comfortable. But we've since grown used to it. It is the it's. I mean, it was just a combination of what was out at once. But we're talking specifically about a very large buffet <laughs> that had. Like, type of seafood and then like a lot of sweet things and mm-hmm. then buns and it was just yeah. it was it, so there's like a di- it's a dinner buffet not just like a breakfast bu- buffet it's like all yeah. the hotel that we're staying in it seems to be very popular a very mm-hmm. popular place for tourists to come in and stay. it's a huge right like mainland chinese tourists come here yeah oh wow um, but yeah it was, and that's what neil said he was like oh this smells like mainland china to me like because neil <laughs> Neil's been at, like he spent over a month there touring ten years ago, um, but yeah. So yeah, that, but in general, it hasn't there hasn't been no. much shock. It's it's um. It's just I think it's the easiest place to come in Asia. Probably it's just you know it's so accessible and everyone speaks English. It's just easy to get around. It's um, oh there's the, so many things here that I keep talking about. Their metro system is incredible. Really. I, Complaining about New York, like how behind New York is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, I mean, part of it is already we can't, you know, their, their tunnels are so much larger. But even just they have these this thing here called the octopus card where you put money on and that's your entry into the metro. And you just tap it on this little thing. You can keep it in your wallet. So it's just you're it's so efficient oh, and everything nice. moves quickly and the trains are on time like ninety nine point nine percent of the time here per Wikipedia. Um, her with a pizza or Michael, which is the same thing um, to me. Um, but and the, the octopus card. What's cool about it is that it, it you use it for other places. So you, if you go to Seven Eleven and you, Seven Eleven is very big here. Yeah, really. Is 
Every corner. If you go to Starbucks, if you like want to get on the ferry, like everywhere takes this card. So this is and like just... Apple Pay, but something. Yes. Yeah. A card. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. That's so yeah, that's cool. cool. So you guys have an octopus card. We yeah. do. <laughs> it took us a while. You guys are like locals now. Yeah. <laughs> and then we leave in like three days. It oh, feels bitter. So yeah, you know, it's always sad at the end. Yeah. Like you get somewhere thinking <laughs> it's always as I've this is my second <laughs> time. <laughs> but I remember this feeling of being like sad at the end of my time in Phoenix too, that it was just you know, you get there thinking you have so much time, and then it's like happened. the end, and the and then the final days, it's like, oh, you work two hours a day, and they don't need you anymore. It's like parents watching your babies their have grown up. Yeah, they need you to the last. They time. do, but it's different. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mikey, don't be too sad because once you leave, you're coming straight to DC to see me and being at the yeah. Kennedy Center. Yeah, that's exciting. Yes, that's this weekend. I'm going to be really on point, I'm sure, feeling awesome. In your, in your point shoes? Like, um, I might, oh my God, I'm worried about my brain. Like, we, we were still okay. I know, so one of the dancers told us that <laughs> he, he felt so bad for us the first day because we were so jet lagged. <laughs> and I didn't, like, we thought we were just being normal, but I guess we were. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. You guys, it's been so great to talk to you. I miss both of you so much. It's been so fun to chat. I'm glad you guys are having fun. Those dancers are so lucky to have the two of you working with them. Thanks, Becky. Yeah, thank you. We've enjoyed it. All right. Well, I'll talk to you guys soon. Love you both. Enjoy the rest of your week. Okay. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in this week. If you are new to the podcast, we invite you to click available episodes in your favorite podcast app to explore our catalog of over 140 episodes with some of the most influential people in the ballet and dance world. If you like what you heard today, please click subscribe, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends. New episodes of Conversations on Dance go live every Monday. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.